Yes, it's once again time for Wrestling with Theology. I am Pastor Doug Minton, thankful to be coming to you this Holy Week, not only with this Wrestling with Theology episode, but also with the daily doses that you can find on the Facebook page, as well as the Passion readings every noon during this week. Today we are looking at common ground with our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters once again. We have now gotten out of part one of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and now we are starting part two, the celebration of the Christian mystery. And so to begin this, we look at the liturgy. Many people who have grown up in a Catholic church will come into a Lutheran divine service and go, that's not all that different. There are a lot of things that are similar. And that's very true, because we have a similar placement of the liturgy in our lives as Lutherans as they do as Roman Catholics. So we're going to look today at paragraphs 1066 to 1112 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Paragraphs 1066 to 1075 form a preface to this second part of the Catechism. And I'll read it in its entirety. Why the liturgy? In the symbol of the faith, the church confesses the mystery of the Holy Trinity and of the plan of God's good pleasure for all creation. The Father accomplishes the mystery of His will by giving His beloved Son and His Holy Spirit for the salvation of the world and for the glory of His name. Such is the mystery of Christ, revealed and fulfilled in history according to the wisely ordered plan that St. Paul calls the plan of the mystery, and the patristic tradition will call the economy of the word incarnate or the economy of salvation. The wonderful works of God among the people of the Old Testament were but a prelude to the work of Christ the Lord in redeeming mankind and giving perfect glory to God. He accomplished this work principally by the paschal mystery of his blessed passion, resurrection from the dead, and glorious ascension, whereby dying he destroyed our death, rising he restored our life. For it was from the sight of Christ as he slept the sleep of death upon the cross that there came forth the wondrous sacrament of the whole church. For this reason the church celebrates in the liturgy above all the paschal mystery by which Christ accomplished the work of our salvation. It is this mystery of Christ that the church proclaims and celebrates in her liturgy so that the faithful may live from it and bear witness to it in the world. For it is in the liturgy, especially in the divine sacrifice of the Eucharist, that the work of our redemption is accomplished, and it is through the liturgy especially that the faithful are enabled to express in their lives and manifest it to others the mystery of Christ and the real nature of the true church. What does the word liturgy mean? The word liturgy originally meant a public work, or a service in the name of or on behalf of the people. In Christian tradition, it means the participation of the people of God in the work of God. Through the liturgy, Christ, our Redeemer and High Priest, continues the work of our redemption in, with, and through His Church. In the New Testament, the word liturgy refers not only to the celebration of divine worship, but also to the proclamation of the gospel and to act of charity. In all of these situations, it is a question of the service of God and neighbor. In a liturgical celebration, the Church is servant in the image of her Lord, the one liturgos. She shares in Christ's priesthood worship, which is both prophetic proclamation and kingly service of charity. 
The liturgy then is rightly seen as an exercise of the priestly office of Jesus Christ. It involves the presentation of man's sanctification under the guise of signs perceptible by the senses and its accomplishment in ways appropriate to each of these signs. In it, full public worship is performed by the mystical body of Jesus Christ, that is, by the head and his members. From this it follows that every liturgical celebration, because it is an action of Christ the priest and of his body which is the church, is a sacred action surpassing all others. No other action of the church can equal its efficacy by the same title and to the same degree. Liturgy is source of life. As the work of Christ, liturgy is also an action of his church. It makes the church present and manifests her as the visible sign of the communion in Christ between God and men. It engages the faithful in the new life of the community and involves the conscious, active, and fruitful participation of everyone. The sacred liturgy does not exhaust the entire activity of the church. It must be preceded by evangelization, faith, and conversion. It can then produce its fruits in the lives of the faithful, new life in the spirit, involvement in the mission of the church, and service to her unity. Prayer and Liturgy The liturgy is also a participation in Christ's own prayer addressed to the Father and the Holy Spirit. In the liturgy, all Christian prayer finds its source and goal. Through the liturgy, the inner man is rooted and grounded in the great love with which the Father loved us and his beloved Son. It is the same marvelous work of God that is lived and internalized by all prayer at all times in the Spirit. Catechesis in Liturgy The liturgy is the summit toward which the activity of the church is directed. It is also the font from which all her power flows. It is therefore the privileged place for catechizing the people of God. Catechesis is intrinsically linked with the whole of liturgical and sacramental activity, for it is in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist, that Christ Jesus works in fullness for the transformation of men. Liturgical catechesis aims to initiate people into the mystery of Christ. It is mystagogy. By proceeding from the visible to the invisible, from the sign to the thing signified, from the sacraments to the mysteries. Such catechesis is to be presented by local and regional catechisms. This catechism, which aims to serve the whole church in all the diversity of her rites and cultures, will present what is fundamental and common to the whole church in the liturgy as mystery and as celebration in section 1, and then the seven sacraments and the sacramentals in section 2. So far the reading of the catechism. One of the greatest things about Roman Catholic and Lutheran liturgy is its centrality in the paschal sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Everything revolves around that central point in history. It is salted throughout the liturgy, but nowhere more importantly than in the Mass. The Mass should be the central focus of every congregational worship service. Most Lutheran congregations don't have that central focus. There are Sundays where Holy Communion is celebrated, there are Sundays where it is not. Unfortunately, this came from Lutheran pietism of the late 17th and early 18th centuries. The pietists believed that worship should be a more personal thing and was lax on the corporate portions of the Christian faith, especially the reception of Holy Communion. They took to heart Luther's supposed statement, one only needs to partake of Holy Communion four or five times a year to consider himself a Christian. If Luther made this statement, it would have been a flippantly off-handed remark to a student found in the Table Talk volumes. This statement became the basis for a movement in the Lutheran Church to limit the number of times Holy Communion was offered. 
This was imitated in many of the Protestant churches as well. Apparently, if you withhold Holy Communion except for special occasions, that makes it more special. Lutherans are the only liturgical movement to take the Mass out of every Sunday worship. The Roman Catholics, Anglicans, and Orthodox continue the unbroken practice of offering Holy Communion every Sunday. Is it less special to them, or is it the cornerstone of their worship service? The liturgy is a source of life for the congregation. Every congregation has a liturgy for their services. Even those who pride themselves on throwing away the liturgy still have a stable pattern that their worship follows. This is the basic word. This is the basic idea behind the word liturgy. It is a pattern, a way of doing things. Human beings need patterns in their lives. These patterns govern and mold our lives. Now we look into section one, where we talk about the sacramental economy. And especially Article 1 of Chapter 1, the liturgy, the work of the Holy Trinity. The in brief section in paragraphs 1110 to 1112. In the liturgy of the church, God the Father is blessed and adored as the source of all the blessings of creation and salvation with which he has blessed us in his Son in order to give us the spirit of filial adoption. Christ's work in the liturgy is sacramental because his mystery of salvation is made present there by the power of his Holy Spirit because his body, which is the church, is like a sacrament, sign, and instrument, in which the Holy Spirit dispenses the mystery of salvation, and because through her liturgical actions the pilgrim church already participates as by a foretaste in the heavenly liturgy. The mission of the Holy Spirit in the liturgy of the church is to prepare the assembly to encounter Christ, to recall and manifest Christ to the faith of the assembly, to make the saving work of Christ present and active by his transforming power, and to make the gift of communion bear fruit in the church. So for the Catechism. The liturgy is the lifeblood of the church throughout history. Until the late 20th century, there was very little variation in the church's liturgy, with the exception of the emphases of the various denominations that use them. The expulsion of the liturgy from reform-based denominations also shows their emphasis on simplistic worship. The basic form of the liturgy is roughly the same between Lutherans, Roman Catholics, Anglicans, and the Orthodox. The substance, however, is vastly different. The church's liturgy is structured to praise God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to show Christ's sacramental work. The divine service, or Mass, focuses on the reception of the Lord's Supper. That is the climax of the worship service. This is why many Lutheran congregations join their Orthodox, Roman Catholic, and Anglican brothers and sisters in offering the Lord's Supper every Sunday. This is why I very rarely use a form of the divine service without communion. The daily offices, matins, vespers, morning prayer, evening prayer, or the prayer offices and the preaching offices were designed to give the church an opportunity to worship God and focus on the intentional reading and preaching of his word. The one major difference Lutherans have with Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox is the definition of the liturgy as coming from the sacrament of holy orders. The liturgy is an extension of the entire church, not just the clergy. As Lutherans don't believe in the doctrine of apostolic succession, we focus on the liturgy as the lifeblood of the church. Throughout life, the continual cycle of the liturgy, as found in the church year, solidly founds and stabilizes the Christian's faith. Those Christians who have dementish mental faculties through disability or age remember portions of the liturgy, especially those that are sung more than they are sometimes able to profess verbally. 
The liturgy is not simply rote repetition that needs to be cast out of the church. The liturgy focuses the church on what is truly important, Christ's word and his work on the cross. This keeps the church in line with the faith of our forefathers and allows us to stand up against the societal pressures that seek to root out our faith and replace it with another worldview that is outside Christ. Those outside Christ will not inherit the kingdom of God. Therefore, the liturgy keeps us inside Christ so that we may inherit it. Especially as we go through this Holy Week, we see how the focus of the liturgy comes into solidly, strictly, solely around the work of Jesus on the cross and bringing us redemption. And so as you continue on through this Holy Week, I encourage you to watch your congregations Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services, or if they allow you to be part of the people assembled together in there based upon whatever the guidelines are in your area. Be in worship. Celebrate with the whole church the great gift of Christ. And may God bless you this week especially as you wrestle with theology. Amen.